0: You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt
1: Williamson and Ryan McDowell.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me today, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. How's it going today, Matt? It's going great. How about you? Going well here. Also, we we got some some real-world NFL news yesterday that's that's interesting. Um, the, the overtime rule changes. Uh, lots of talk about Deshaun Watson and, and how that contract really impacted the rest of the league and, and the guaranteed money there. I don't know if any of that changes much for us from a dynasty standpoint. Mm-hmm uh a little bit of news coming out of New Orleans they signed Andy Dalton uh they basically made it clear that Taysom Hill is no longer viewed as a quarterback i think with uh with Sean Payton gone that's that that's no real surprise we kind of saw that right, coming right. uh any any appeal Taysom Hill had is is probably gone now uh, of course had that big injury as well uh late in the season so he's just about off the radar unfortunately at this point or maybe fortunately i know there's a lot of there's a lot of taysom hill haters out there for whatever reason matt uh before we get into our topic today and and it's a big one because we're talking about malik willis but before we get to that i wanted to look back at 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 all the free agency moves that were made or or not all of them but uh we've talked so much about Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill and, and the quarterbacks changing teams and, and some of the biggest signings. But there's been a lot of interesting signings that uh, we haven't talked about here. Certainly under the radar, there's, there's 10 or 12 of them, honestly. And, and these are going to have some dynasty impact as well. I want to run through these really quickly and see if there's any of these players that you would be trying to acquire or maybe trying to sell, honestly, in a dynasty league. Um, some of the names that I was thinking about, Marquez Valdez, Scantling to the Chiefs. Uh, Let's
1: stop there if you don't mind. Oh, really? really? Okay. I, well, I traded him yesterday.
0: Good. And That's a, a, feeling, a good move.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I didn't get much back, but I'm, I have a feeling you're going to say, boy, you could have done even better than that, though, Williams. But I traded him straight up for Logan Thomas in a league where Jonu Smith was my number one tight end. And I just didn't have a lot of other resources I need somebody that's resembling a startable tight end. So I just moved on from Valdez-Scantley. I got that offer and just said, okay, the heck with him. He can go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. Obviously, Logan Thomas doesn't have a ton of appeal right now. But uh, we even talked about MVS on on the DLF Dynasty podcast this week. And I suggested selling him for the 3.01. So um, that's probably in in the same range. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... Yeah, I just don't see much there with MVS. They're, no, they're
1: going to draft somebody, yeah. and he's inconsistent. And I don't think I'm going to regret it and be like, oh, my gosh, I wish I had this guy. He would have won me the league.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Marcus Mariota to Atlanta. Certainly some impact in super flex leagues. Uh, do you even view him as as the starter for the entire season, or do they do something to mix it up? I wouldn't draft one if I were them, because I think they're going to be
1: so bad that they may end up getting the Ohio State or Bama guy. So okay. I think that sets up pretty well for Mariota. at least to be on the field. Uh, I think there's a real good chance he starts 17 games.
0: Rashad Penny, Corderell Patterson, both end up sticking with their same teams. Uh, actually, J.D. McKissick does as well, those three running backs. Uh, Penny probably in a different tier, is in a different tier than than the other two. Are you trying to buy or sell specifically any of those guys?
1: No, but I do think it was good for their stock for Penny and Patterson for sure to return to the team they went to.
0: Totally agree. Uh, Penny just uh, notably just on a one-year deal, still fairly young, 26 years old. So uh, I believe he's 26. Needs to have a big year to be able to cash in before, uh, before we're sending him out to pasture as one of those old running backs. James Washington, one of your former guys up in Pittsburgh, lands in Dallas. I think that's a great landing spot. He's actually one of the players. I'm kind of excited. If if I had him stashed on the bottom of my roster, I'm feeling pretty good right now.
1: Yeah, because I think he has a chance to be Cedric Wilson plus for Dallas this year. I mean, Dallas, Dallas has some underrated needs. I mean, their offensive line needs some work. Their pass rush needs some work. So, I don't know that they're going to be real aggressive in the wide receiver market in the draft.
0: Yeah, of course, Washington looks like their third option, but we know that Michael Gallup's still recovering from that um, from that ACL too, injury right, right. and likely will miss uh, multiple games in the regular season. Uh, Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst, O.J. Howard, some tight ends that found new homes. Let's throw Evan Ingram in there as well. Ingram to Jacksonville, Hurst, Cincinnati. Hooper to Tennessee and OJ Howard to Buffalo. If you're getting one of those guys on your roster, which one is it?
1: I've always been a Howard fan. I was hoping he'd fall somewhere where he's a, a little bit better shot to be the one. I think Ingram stands out there, though. I mean, Hooper and Hurst just have no upside.
0: Yeah, Ingram probably has to be the guy there uh, as far as the choice between those four. Hooper and Hurst, different value um range for those two guys I, I wouldn't mind having either uh mm-hmm. they're they're dirt cheap OJ Howard yeah uh, yeah just just I've had him forever but just it's... frustrating yeah right uh, a couple of backup running backs I want to kind of put back up an air quote because one of them is Raheem Mostert uh, he lands in Miami with his former offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel now in charge uh, Deontay Foreman to Carolina set to back up uh, Christian McCaffrey and and unfortunately we know the injury issues there uh, for McCaffrey and and uh, of course big picture for for Deontay Foreman as well. Uh, I, I love the landing spot for Mostert. I do too.
1: I, the second that they hired the new head coach, I said I'm going to own their their running back in, in fantasy. I'm not as thrilled about it now. I was hoping it'd be Brees Hall or somebody like that, you know, but uh, I I think that he's the starter there, even if Edmonds is making more money and there's more value and it might be six games until he gets hurt. You know, I mean, his style of play doesn't exactly uh, inspire longevity for me, but he fits the system perfectly. And I, you know, they picked up Armstead and Tyreek's there now. I mean, they're hard to play against all of a sudden.
0: Let's pat ourselves on the back on that one, Matt, because even uh, a couple weeks ago, as we were discussing the uh, signing of Chase Edmonds, uh, w- we even mentioned that 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 didn't mean that Raheem Mostert yeah, was out of yeah. the picture for Miami. And, and just a few days later, that's where he lands. So, yeah, it worked that uh, well. We got something right, at least. Um, <laughs> Russell Gage, <laughs> Russell Gage to Tampa Bay. DJ Chark to Detroit. Uh, New homes for both of those guys. I love it for Gage. I hate it for Chark. Do you agree? No. Oh, really? Chark
1: is in an interesting spot. I mean, I think that offense isn't horrible anymore, and he'll get a lot of single coverage. And, I mean, they certainly could draft one at 32 or somewhere on day two. But I think he's the starter there, and a better player than I, I just think the dynasty community is too low on him to be very honest with you, chart.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. Do you do you feel good? I mean, he is he's a deep ball guy. He's he's that right. deep threat. Do you feel good about Jared Goff getting the, him the ball? Because it is I mean, it is just a one year deal,
1: right? I don't love it, but I mean, I think he's. You could end up in a lot worse spots. I mean, I think he's going to be he? on the field a lot.
0: Yeah. That. That. Eh, okay. <laughs>
1: If I have him in a league we're in together, maybe, we'll or if you have him, maybe I'll send you an
0: offer. Uh, I, I mean, mean, I'm
1: not going crazy for him, but...
0: You paying a second for him? Mid. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I uh, do lo- love that for Russell Gage, though, landing in Tampa. Third option there behind Evans and Godwin. Of course, the Godwin injury. Yeah, that uh, so that's, that's good news for Russell Gage. Matt, as I mentioned early, re- earlier, we are going to be talking about Malik Willis today as our... Uh, rookie profile series continues and uh, of course if you're in a super flex league uh, this is a big one for you uh, and a big one for so many NFL teams at least one NFL team that will eventually land Malik Willis we'll talk about which team that might be and what we like about Malik Willis right after this.
1: Hey, everyone. I've been telling you guys about Bilt Bar for a long time now. They've been great friends with the whole Locked On Network and really with my family, to be honest with you. We've been getting Bilt Bars for quite a while, and they don't last long around here. I mean, they. Uh, <laughs> this is a, the time of year when a lot of people have given up on their New Year's resolution, but not this year. So I, I've been sticking to it and eating right whenever I have to fight my kids for these Bilt Bars. But it, it almost feels like it's not a resolution because they're so easy to eat and they're tasty. I mean, they got real... Chocolate on them. I've I've told you guys before. My wife's kind of a uh, a chocolate snob, and she doesn't like a lot of the bars because of the, the waxy chocolate feeling. But um, built bars aren't like that at all. And, and if you haven't tried the puffs, you're missing out on one of the best built bars the, in terms of taste for sure. They're great. Uh, puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they they too of course are covered in 100 percent real chocolate. Um, they're a fan favorite with incredible flavors, you know, uh, coconut marshmallows is big here. Banana cream pie is actually my favorite. Uh, these are going to be your new favorites. So I can promise you that one. Uh, low-cal, high-protein, replace, replace your candy bars with these. I mean, they're just better. I mean, a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to three hundred calories. Most built Bars contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. I mean, so high protein, low cow, high fiber, low carb. Again, I mean, they blow candy bars out of water. Tons of great flavors. So here's what you got to do. Go to built.com, Use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And get 15% off your next order. So use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On experts, covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Malik Willis is a senior quarterback from Liberty, Matt, 22 years old, 6 foot tall, 219 pounds. Uh, th- this is a guy that we're getting excited about, certainly. Um, th- there's been a lot, of, a lot of cloudiness, a lot of uncertainty when it comes to the quarterback position this offseason. But it f- it seems like, at least for most, Willis is establishing himself as the QB1 in the NFL draft and from a fantasy standpoint as well
1: from fantasy. I can't see any kind of argument because what he could potentially be is a runner, unless you're going to take the stand that he may redshirt, he may be trade Lance in terms of production as a rookie. Right. I, I think that's a possibility or even Lamar is a rookie where it takes a, you know, he, he gets some packages and then maybe eventually takes over, but he also might be Lamar. <laughs>
0: you know? Right. I, I say, I say most people have accepted him as, as, as the QB one and uh, our, our buddy, Dan, Daniel Jeremiah. We talked about him yesterday, I believe. And in that conversation, I don't know if you saw his latest mock. He doesn't even have him in the first round, Matt. I know.
1: I know. And I always quote Daniel because he mocks with his ears and ranks a, with his eyes. Yeah. You know? and it, that,
0: that worries me a little bit. What does he know?
1: Right, because I'm sure he does. But I also hear all this buzz he might go two to the Lions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Willis is an interesting story. Uh, he was a three-star recruit out of high school, had an offer, uh, actually had committed to Virginia Tech, uh, ultimately switched uh, his choice there and, and landed at Auburn. And was at Auburn for his first two years, didn't really see the field very much. Not surprising from a young three-star quarterback, mm-hmm. and, and ultimately chose to transfer to the smaller school in Liberty. And um, Matt, I know we were we were both at the combine. I can't remember if I'd mentioned this on a show since then, but I got to sit in on the on the interview with Malik Willis, and um, he, he, <clears throat> excuse me, he said a, a couple of interesting things. One that when he made that choice to transfer, he was not, he didn't do it with aspirations of playing in the NFL or, or anything like that. He he honestly looked at his football career as two more years, a chance to play and actually get on the field before before his career was over. So um, it sounded like he was as surprised by where he is right now with with a chance um, to be the first quarterback drafted and and. Uh, Almost locked in as a first rounder, you know, hat tip to DJ there just in case he, he he's <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, he's he said he was just basically playing out the string and did not uh, never really expected this.
1: First of all, I think you agree. Cause I think we did talk about this while we were at the Combine. And if you don't, please, you know, dispute re- it or whatever. But he seems like a very interesting, mm. you know, well-spoken, well smart dude. I mean, he, his interviews are excellent. He has a really good perspective on things. And contrary to popular belief about Liberty, I know it's not a, a football factory by any stretch, but it's a beautiful and wealthy campus. Like, they have a lot of money and a lot of nice facilities and things like that. I mean, it's not just, I'll just go anywhere they'll take me. I'm sure he went there and was very impressed with the place.
0: Sure, sure. Of course, had a lot of success at Liberty, obviously. As a junior, his first year with the team, uh, over 2,200 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, six uh, six interceptions. Uh, but it was what he did on the ground that really got... Uh, really got the attention of so many 944 rushing yards and 14 scores basically repeated those numbers uh, with some slight improvements his uh, his final season this past year 2857 yards 27 scores did have 12 interceptions doubled that number Uh, 878 rushing and 13 more touchdowns on the ground uh, just, just crazy numbers, and and those video game numbers, those rushing numbers specifically, are what has uh, fantasy managers, dynasty managers, so excited about this guy.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm not disputing what he did because uh, I mean it's very impressive. But because of the spot he played, the numbers don't mean much to me. I That's mean fair. If if they were bad, I would hold it against them. You know, if they weren't great, I would hold it against them. And you kind of mentioned it. He made more mistakes this past year than two years ago, not just with the interceptions, but just bad plays in general. If you watch his low-light reel, it was worse this past year than the year before. Takes a lot of sacks, holds the ball a lot, um, has some bad habits because it's easy to develop bad habits when you're far and away the best athlete on the field. Yeah, you can
0: can get away with stuff, right? Yeah, you run around (coughs) on
1: the schoolyard and all of us, Goofs that can't play are chasing them, you know.
0: So the strengths from Malik Willis are pretty obvious. <sighs> if you've seen him, heard him, heard uh, anything about him, read about him, he, he's obviously a dual threat quarterback. Could get it done on the ground as well. And uh, if there was any doubt about his arm strength, he certainly answered that at the yep. combine. Again, at his pro day, just just seeing the ball sail out of his. Uh, out of his arms and and fly 50, 60 plus yards in the air was it, that was a sight to see, Matt. Um,
1: he threw it different than everybody else there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just it felt like we had gone up a level, right? So, right, right, right. so the arm, <clears throat> the arm strength and the um, the ability to run the ball and, and put up uh, gain yards, put up fantasy points in that way. Uh, I think that's enough to. To win most of us over, to win me over certainly. Oh yeah, I- I've got him as my top guy when you when you think about uh, Superflex Dynasty standpoint. And yeah, I mean there's still concerns about the mistakes, about the level of play, and stepping up, and and the accuracy is is one thing that uh, a lot of people have questions about. But in the end, I think you're just – you have to take a chance on a guy who has this type of upside both as that, um, as that rushing threat, as that dual threat, and then just the cannon arm.
1: hundred percent. I mean, as a prospect, every step of the way, the guy I've compared him to as a prospect, not what he is now, and people have a hard time grasping this because they look nothing alike, is Josh Allen. You know, I mean – Just a superhuman in terms of ability, but doesn't even know what he doesn't know yet. You know, I mean, in terms of reading coverages and progressions and in a way it was kind of just roll the ball out there and make plays because you're big and strong. And, you know, you mentioned that he's a running threat. I think he's closer to a running back as a runner than he is
0: Mm.
1: Russell Wilson or Lamar. You know, I mean, kind of like Allen. I mean, he runs like a running back and he's built like one.
0: Yeah, Josh Allen seems to be the the common comp for yeah, Malik yeah. Willis, and and of course the the hope is that he can make that jump, uh, just like just like Josh Allen has done over the past couple of years. And, you know, it's funny again thinking about that interview at the combine. Somebody asked him, "Do you, uh, you know, when you see Josh Allen, you see the improvement he made? He entered the league with." accuracy questions just like you have this this is the the reporter speaking to Uh malik willis and he said does does his improvement and and basically becoming an nfl mvp give you you know give you any hope does it inspire you and uh, I mean, when you say he's an interesting dude, you're spot on because he said, no, not at all. I don't really watch anybody else's game and just focus on myself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes, I don't know, we, we get used to hearing those canned answers that yeah, everybody yeah. expects to hear. And when you get something other than that, it, it throws you off a little. You're not exactly sure if that's a a good thing or a bad thing, I guess.
1: hundred percent. I mean, I think he kind of beats through his own drama where everyone seems to like him. He's bright, you know, he he is very engaging. Um, And this is the last Allen thing I want to throw out there. I I think Willis at this stage of his development is much more accurate than Allen was coming out of Wyoming. I mean, he was all over the place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Matt, when we come back, we'll continue our Malik Willis conversation. We'll talk about his dynasty value and some ideal landing spots in the upcoming NFL draft.
1: All right, let me take a chance here, you know, a little time out of our, to talk about rockauto.com. Um, they've been a really good good friend of the Locked On Network now for a long time, and they do amazing work. And with all the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, truck, whatever, in a traditional chain storefront. It just makes no sense. So a lot of you do a lot of work on your cars, and it makes a lot of sense financially, or it's a hobby, or whatever you got to check out RockAuto.com because their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do, for example. Um, RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you're looking for. Their catalog's extremely easy to navigate. Uh, see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, prices you prefer. Uh, I mentioned that the prices are always reliably low and same for, 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 for professionals as they are for you guys. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So here's what you do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How do you, how Did You Hear About Us box. They know that we sent you. That's Locked On, two words. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Thanks Rocked for making Auto Locked On
0: Dynasty Auto. your first listen every day. Be sure to check out tomorrow's episode when we continue our Rookie Profile series. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We are back. We are talking about Malik Willis today, Uh, Matt. We, we kind of hinted on it earlier He is the 101 in rookie Superflex drafts currently. Uh, Those are based on um, mock drafts found over at Dynasty League Football. So he's he's the guy, although I've talked to plenty of people who uh, would rather have Brees Hall, even in a super flex huh. league, so uh, it seems like those two guys are, are are the two contenders in a super flex rookie draft for the 101. I still want the quarterback. I still want Malik Willis there. Sure, um, but at the very worst, you think he's he's a top two pick, um, even in that one quarterback rookie ADP, where obviously quarterbacks are not valued nearly as high. 2.02. 02. So he's an early second rounder, even in the one-quarterback format. That one kind of kind of surprised me, actually.
1: I guess. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, where Lance and Fields went last year or Lawrence, you know, and I think the receivers and running backs are stronger, you know, in terms of non-superflex, one-quarterback leagues. But he'd be in that neighborhood for me. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, the one thing just to throw out about Pickett, though, I mean, I think Pickett has a better chance to start Week One than Willis does.
0: Yeah, of course, referencing Kenny Pickett there, mm-hmm. and we talked about at the beginning of the show or at the be- beginning of the conversation just how um, you know con- confusing really that quarterback landscape has been with Pickett and and uh, and Malik Willis near the top, Sam Howell. Um, Matt Corral, both of those guys at one point reviewed as possible QB ones in the class. I think that that is, is not likely at this point. Um, Desmond Ritter in that conversation for some people as well. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's kind of all over the place, but I, it does feel like we've settled in with Willis and, and Pickett as the top two guys from an NFL draft standpoint.
1: I think so. Um, You and I haven't had this conversation. His name hasn't come up yet for us, but I'm warming up the Ritter quite a bit. But that's a, a different conversation for a d- different day. I just want yeah. to put that out there. But Ritter would be two at best for me, though. I mean, Willis, to me, is still one, and especially from a fantasy perspective. I mean, he's a clear one. I mean, he's he's the only guy in this group, I think, that could be a top five NFL fantasy quarterback, you know, someday.
0: I talked about the rookie ADP. The um, startup ADP is also interesting. Uh, it, he's currently quarterback 16 in our March DLF dynasty ADP. So that puts him right behind Justin Fields and uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's ahead of uh, Derek Carr. He's ahead of Tua Tungavaloa. ahead of Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady, Matt Jones, Zach Wilson, feel I all... don't have
1: objections any of those
0: really okay right. you're you're good with all that huh
1: yeah i i mean
0: and it... and when i say ahead he's actually uh he's actually way ahead he looks like he's at the end of the tier because when you look at overall rank we've got trevor lawrence at 119 overall this is one quarterback dynasty startup adp justin fields 125 stafford 131 willis 136 And then you you're looking at nearly 20 spots before you get Derek Carr at 155. So not just ahead of those names I mentioned, way ahead. Carr, he's a tier above
1: Carr and those guys. Yeah, yeah. I I don't have a problem with that. I mean, needless to say, landing spot's going to be massive. And I know we're going to talk about some ideal landing spots and whatnot. But like, I'm a big Justin Fields guy. But I'm starting to worry that he may have two rough years in a row with where the Bears are, and then before you know it, people are going to be doubting him. You know what I mean? Like, There's a couple spots with Willis that if he lands, I'm worried about what happens. And more than ever, and this is more of an NFL thing than it is a, a, a fantasy or dynasty thing, I think landing spot for quarterback might be more important than the quarterback themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Let's talk about those landing spots to finish up this conversation today. I I see seven possible landing spots. Uh, You have told us, uh, I think you said it yesterday, you've told us several times, if Malik Willis gets to 20 and the Pittsburgh Steelers you believe they would take him so i i ended right. my search at 20 but of course started at the top Detroit at 2 i think is an option he's starting to show up in mock drafts there more and more uh, obviously Jared Goff there is not the long term plan uh, so they'll they'll be looking for a quarterback Sooner rather than later, uh, maybe it's two. They also have, I believe, the 32nd overall pick, the last pick yep. Yep. in the first round, which is always a valuable one. gives uh, gives teams that extra year on the uh, on the player. That's why you see teams trading up to the bottom of the first round so often to to snag a quarterback. Of course, Lamar Jackson, kind of the the notable one that we've seen that work out really well for uh, Detroit at two Carolina at six is an option. Of course, again, they, they struck out on Deshaun Watson. They struck out on everything they've tried to do um, when it comes to the quarterback position. So they could end up looking at Willis if he's there Atlanta at eight traded Matt Ryan signed Marcus Mariota. They don't have a long-term option. Seattle traded Russell Wilson, uh, they end up with Drew Locke. They don't have a long-term option. They are at nine. Washington at 11 um, did did make a move, traded for Carson Wentz.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they would be considered or not. That's a tough one for me.
0: Uh, they, I don't know. They,
1: I wouldn't trust Wentz, but he's right. invested in him, you know?
0: Well, I mean, that, that was Carolina's line of thinking a year ago, and, and they passed on Justin Fields and others. Because they had just invested in in Sam Art. Darnold, right? Right,
1: right. So right.
0: that didn't work out so well. New Orleans at <laughs> <Right>. eighteen. <laughs> New Orleans at 18. We talked about them to start the show. They now have Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. Pretty obvious that those two guys are not the long-term options uh, uh, in New Orleans. And then your Steelers down at 20. So uh, try, try to take those Steelers glasses off for a minute. Which of these teams would be the best landing spot for Malik Willis and his development after you told us that that landing spot is so important?
1: Well, I'm going to lump a couple together. I, I think the Saints and the Steelers would be equal landing spots and probably be the top of my list because I trust the organizations. And I know Sean Payton's not there anymore, but they're basically running it back with the same staff. There's a line in place. They win football games. You know, the Steelers are similar in that it's a strong organization and coaching staff. So I think those are very soft landing spots with Winston and Trubisky to hold down the fort. Um, Detroit would be next for me, kind of back to our DJ Chark conversation. Mm. I think their offense is rounding into shape. I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but I think they have a good O-line, not just an okay O-line. Hawkinson, Amon St. Brown, Swift, they're very quarterback-friendly options, you know, to throw Chark in there and maybe another rookie receiver. And I don't think he has to play super early. Carolina, and especially Atlanta and Seattle, really worry me, because I think Carolina is a very, I, I think they see shiny things, and they don't, they don't have long-term plan. they don't have patience, I, I think they're very herky-jerky with their moves, and their team building, and things like that, and I think he'd get thrown in the mix probably too early, and frankly, especially, I mean, I think Atlanta and Seattle might be in contention with teams like Houston to pick first overall next year. I mean, I think those are bad football teams that would throw him in the deep end earlier than he should with nothing around him. especially if DK Metcalf gets traded and Ridley's not going to be there. You know, holy cow.
0: I I am with you almost 100%. I would be okay with the Detroit landing spot. Hopefully could even – Get get some time on the bench. I don't know if you can learn from Jared Goff, but at least at least sit behind, right? right, At least sit behind Goff for uh, for a while, if not, you know, honestly, probably not the full season at this point, but uh, at least multiple games. And then New Orleans and Pittsburgh make a lot of sense. Uh, uh, Of course, well-established organizations, uh, good leadership with both of those teams. Uh Those two feel really good. Detroit, I can see it but I'm with you, Carolina, Atlanta, Seattle. I, I don't know if we've got any direction with those three teams. Um, I, I would be okay with Washington there. I guess they're probably in the middle for me.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure they're in it, but I mean, it, it would, wouldn't be the worst. I would not criticize them one bit if they drafted him at 11. Um, if I'm Carolina, though, I might rather have Pickett, you know, just because I think I need a week one starter. But I'm trying to save my job. It's not a Pete Carroll situation,
0: yeah, that's well. Pete Carroll might be trying to save his job too.
1: yeah, they're in bad shape, yeah, real bad shape
0: All right. We're rooting for Detroit, New Orleans, or Pittsburgh to land Malik willis uh to to maximize his ability, his upside, his dynasty value his long term his yeah. right we'll we'll see what happens. We are just over four weeks away from for this, Matt. Do you have a prediction? Awesome. Do you think it's Detroit? Do you think he falls? What what's your gut right now?
1: I've had such a hard time believing or disbelieving what the NFL thinks of this entire quarterback class. I mean, two wouldn't shock me. I and mean, we just did mock drafts on Peacock and Williamson, and I my mock, he, I had him go two. Yeah, especially with Hutchinson off the board at one. You know, like and whether these guys aren't as good as last year's class, but every year they get overdrafted. I mean, is this the year Mm -hmm. that the league decides that they're not going to take quarterbacks early? I I just don't believe that to be true.
0: Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. It's going to be a fun discussion for the next four weeks. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow the show at locked on dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And I'm Ryan MC 23. We'll be back next time with more locked on dynasty.